Good morning. This is John Richardson speaking with you from Toronto, Canada. It is Friday morning, March the 24th, 2023, and it is light outside for me. And I introduce that only because my return guest is Virginia Latour Jeeker in Dubai, where the sun never sets, it seems like. But anyway, how are you today, Virginia? I'm fine, John, and you're right. The sun has not set. It's warm and lovely here. Okay. You know, you had an interesting post this week about, uh, you know, the statutes of limitations. And this is uh, a topic of a lot of interest to a lot of people. And there's so much conflicting information out there about this stuff. And I thought that, you know, that your post is, is sort of simple as it is, right? Uh, you know, it's very valuable for people. And I'd like to uh, have the opportunity today to actually discuss that with you. Uh, and there are some uh, interesting additions, I think, right? Oh, yes. Okay. I guess I, I could start by saying yesterday I had a conversation with my 91-year-old mother. And this is, this is actually accurate. And she's very concerned about trying to meet her, her tax filing deadline. And she was very upset that she hasn't, you know, received her annual package from her tax preparer, et cetera. And, and you know, and she said, you know, I, I'm just absolutely terrified of the IRS. And, you know, this really floored me because, you know, this is a, a person who's never missed a tax filing deadline in her life, probably always early, uh, you know, pays through the nose to make sure that every possible source of income can be uncovered and reported, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But yet she's you know, terrified of the IRS. I mean, how, how can this be? John, it reminds me of an email I got the other day from a gentleman. And he started off with, hello, I'm reaching out to you because I'm afraid of my tax return. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, this okay. is... And, and it was a similar thing. Um, I've done this and I, I just want to make sure that if the IRS doesn't get this statement that I've provided to make this joint election with my non-resident alien spouse, I want to make sure that they're not going to think I was trying to fraudulently get some kind of tax credits. Very sad that, that taxpayers are so afraid. It really is sad because, I mean, honestly, I, I think that the, you know, the people who get into trouble with the IRS are actually, you know, an extreme minority in actuality. But you know, this thing just seems to operate in a climate of, I mean, it's worse than fear. I think the word maybe is terror. Yes, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. And anyway, So, you know, one of the, in the context of all of this, okay, one of the issues is if you're living in terror. So I guess one of the characteristics of being an American is that you live in perpetual terror of the IRS. So question is, how long do you have to live in terror? And your post is entitled Tax Statutes and Limitations. Run fast, IRS is right behind you. Okay, so this is about, you know, basically how long does the IRS have to come after you for things yeah. for, for things you've done or not done in the past? And I'd like to just take you through your, your, your basic uh, headlines here. So let's see, um, you know, you're starting, first of all, what is the general rule in any case, right? So you file a tax return, Let's say you're in the United States. You wouldn't think of anything foreign. What's the general rule on that? General rule is the IRS has three years 
from the later of the date that your tax return was due or the date you actually filed it. Okay. So they have three years from that date to come after you. Now to put that into context, okay, for those who think that, you know, that's brutal, Canada is six years. Okay, on that. Interesting, by way of comparison. Wow. So you've got the substantial understatement, which is six years. And how does that work? Okay, so they get a longer time to come after you if you have done something called substantially understated your income. And this means that you've omitted from your gross income an amount that should have been there, and that is more than 25% of the amount of gross income you have put on your tax return. That's a lot of leeway, boy. I think that's a lot of leeway, actually, for you know people located in the United States. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I think it's a lot of leeway. But as we know, that once anything, that F word, that foreign starts to get involved, things change and not for the better. So the next point you're making is that under the, uh, the, the, the what people call FATCA, just for listeners, is not one piece of, uh, is, it isn't one part of the Internal Revenue Code. I mean, it changed all kinds of parts of the Internal Revenue Code, including things That's having right. to do with the statute of limitations, right? That's so right. What, what does this FATCA six years thing mean? So, so now just for listeners, we're now leaving homeland Americans, resident Americans behind, and we're now clutch in, shift gears. We're moving to the things that would concern you as Americans abroad, mostly. Mostly, of course. An American living stateside could also have a foreign financial type of asset. Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, you're correct. It's the guys that live abroad and typically need things like a foreign bank account. They may have you know, foreign life insurance. They may have a foreign brokerage account, just as a part of their normal everyday life. So a special rule under FACTA, the F word, which is never good, it says, okay, you have given the IRS a six-year statute of limitation if the taxpayer omits over $5,000 from gross income that's attributable to these foreign financial assets. Okay. So now, interesting. Yeah, interestingly on that, I don't have the statute in front of me, but I trust your language here mirrors the statute, which says foreign financial assets. That would not include employment income, correct? Correct. Okay. All right. Now, let's say I have heard that there are people who actually don't file tax returns. Uh, and your next heading uh, sucks about, well, if you haven't filed a tax return, and this would apply whether you're living outside the United States or inside the United States. What's the short answer on that? What's the statute of limitations if no returns filed? No good. Not good at all. The um, statute of limitations clock will never even start to tick. So it'll be an open statute of limitations for every year that you did not file a tax return. It's just going on and on. Never goes away mm -hmm. until that return is filed. Yeah, which is one reason why, uh, you know, moving this briefly into the whole expatriation issue. Uh, you know, you certify five years of tax compliance. There are some people perhaps who never were required to file a return. But in my experience, it might be wise in some cases to file a return, even if it's zero, basically to make sure the statute of limitations starts. Would you agree? Yes. And I, I think that should be encouraged more and more. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least at least aware of that. No question about it. 
Your next heading, incomplete foreign reporting. Oh, my God. Well, what's the short <laughs> answer on this? Another one that's not good. Um, okay, so if you should have filed one of these foreign information returns, but you didn't, and it, it deals with, you know, as we said, these foreign type of assets, then the statute of limitations doesn't begin at all. That clock doesn't start to tick because the return is not treated as a complete tax return. And it doesn't start to tick at all until the IRS will get that foreign information return. Once it gets it, then the three-year general rule will, will come into place. So if they did not get that foreign information return, the entire tax return remains open for IRS adjustment for a period of three years after that missing information return has been given to them. Okay. All right. Now that really is a mouthful. Um, let's... It is a mouthful. And the, the bigger problem is how expansive, I feel how expansive the information reporting rules are. You know, um, we have foreign corporations that require certain forms to be filed if you have an ownership interest in a foreign corporation. So, for example, Form 5471 is required. Um, if you've contributed any kind of money to this foreign corporation or property, given it property, then you may have to file a Form 926. So there's it's not just one form dealing with a foreign corporation. There could be various forms. And, you know, that gets hairy. Right. Okay. So I think that um, in, in very, very simple terms, once anything foreign is involved, you can be sure that you've got a lot more to worry about in terms of when the statute of limitations ends or even when it begins to run, right? When it begins to run. So the bottom line is basically, if you fail to file any of these forms, okay, you know, you hear about an internet discussion groups, but you know, 5471, 8938, 3520, if any of these things are missing, uh, then the statute of limitations doesn't start uh, until it's filed, and then it runs for an additional three years, correct? That's correct, okay. yes. All right, now, just for listeners, I don't want to get into this, it's too complicated, okay? There is a provision in there that has to do with the effect of reasonable cause on the failure to file, but let's not go there, uh, other than noting that it's there. Now, what is it? Other than noting that it's there, and to say it's not that easy to get. Oh, reasonable cause is terribly difficult to get. Terribly right. difficult to get. I mean, just for the record, there's no doubt about that. And anybody uh, out there who feels that, uh, uh, you know, that, that you're in a situation where you want to argue reasonable cause, get professional help on that. Okay. Reasonable cause is not what you think it is. Would you agree <laughs> with that, Virginia? Absolutely, it's not what you think it is. Yeah, okay. Even relying on professionals' advice is not necessarily enough to get you reasonable cause. That is correct. Okay, yeah. The, it, relying on professionals' advice is not necessarily enough. 
In fact, you've got to show that you're relying on the right kind of professional's advice. Yes, exactly. Uh, and, and I mean, how the average person on the street is supposed to discern that is frankly beyond me. But anyway, okay. Uh, you know, I think we've made, you know, we sort of uh, delivered the general message here, but I want to close with something that's interesting in the Biden Green book. What we've not talked about is the final information return, okay, for people who expatriate the Form 8854. And interestingly, as the Internal Revenue Code is currently written, the failure to file the 884 is not one of the forms that will toll the statute of limitations on the, on the return, correct? Yeah. Very well, interesting. Well, do you think that might have just been an oversight? Yes. Yeah, I think it probably was. So in the 2024 Biden Green Book budget came out a couple weeks ago. And uh, I guess somebody in the Treasury Department realized that was an oversight as well, because maybe you can tell us what that actually says. Okay, so the proposal that is in the Green Book for 2024 was also, John, as you mentioned to me, in the Green Book for 2023. So just as an aside, when we see this appearing again and again, pretty much you can rest assured it's going to happen. Okay, so what do we think is going to happen? We think that the proposal will eventually become enacted into law. And that proposal says that where the taxpayer was required to file a Form 8854, you know, with his final tax return in that expatriation year, but he didn't do it, then that will also be one of these forms that's going to mean the statute of limitations is remaining open, unended, until the IRS gets that form 8854. And that's when the three-year statute will start to run once they have received the form 8854. So if you don't do it, you've got an open-ended statute of limitations. They yeah, also in other words, in other words, you know, you've got to live with this, the you know, the potential problems forever. All right. If we, and this this is, I think, very, very, a very, very serious problem because I, the number of expatriations is is certain to rise. It's 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 too difficult for people to remain American citizens. If we were to summarize this, though, you know, there's a lot of technical rules which makes it hard to, you know, completely have in your head at any one time. But if I were to come up with one sentence that would summarize this. I'm gonna offer this and perhaps you can say yes, no, or whatever. But I think the principle is this, that in order to ensure that you have the normal three-year statute of limitations, you have to one file and you have to include all the required foreign information returns. Does that, does that seem right? Yes, but I think that's easier said than done. Oh, it is, of course it's easier said than done, which is you know another reason why people are renouncing, I think. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, you Ones know. that are coming to me are mentioning all of these things, the stress about not knowing if they have filed everything correctly. Um, it just goes on and on, John. I mean, I had a call today from someone who was involved in a Malta pension plan. We know that, uh, was it two years back now, the IRS at the end of the year of 2021, I think? said, no, nah, multi-pension plans are not eligible for the treaty benefits people thought they were. 
And so now we're looking at a plethora of, well, what is the multi-pension plan? Is it a trust? What should they have filed? It should have been on an 8938. Did they list it? I mean, it, it just doesn't yeah. The complexity well, I mean, doesn't end. And, yeah. and this person, by the way, is saying, I want to expatriate. Can't take it anymore. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, that is exactly right. I mean, when I think my 91-year-old mother, who's, you know, like, you know, practically has a lifetime commitment to, you know, doing the best she can on filing taxes, terrified of the IRS. I mean, you know, you, this, is a, this, is a, this is a big problem. People should not have to live under these kinds of rules. Um, too complicated, too complicated in any case. And I think too difficult to get uh, to get uh, decent advice on what to do or how to interpret this stuff. That's correct. Anyway, uh, well, we know that. Any closing thoughts, comments? And uh, actually, I, you know, another great post, Virginia. I think that uh, you know it's it's important. It gives people the heads up. Okay, it gives people the heads up about this because a lot of people don't have a any kind of basic understanding of how the statute of limitations works. They, they think if they never file the return, well, it's been 10 years. Isn't that long enough? <laughs> no, um, unfortunately. You know, sadly not. But next week's post will cover an interesting case where the IRS issued its deficiency notice in 2018 and was grabbing these people all the way back to 2003. Mm -hmm. Because well, of the extended statute, you know, the one that says if you didn't file all the foreign forms, we got you. Is that retroactive? So they're interpreting that retroactively then? Um, it was the way the extended statute of limitations was put into the FATCA legislation. It said it applied to returns filed after this March 2010 date or to any returns that were still open as of that date. I see. Okay. All right. So that that would catch it. But have still been open based on the six-year statute of limitations. Yes, which would have taken them back to um, filing in 2004, which yep. would have been a 2003 return. What a mess. What a mess. Yeah. All right. Wonderful. Thanks again for this discussion this morning. And where would people find more of your great stuff? Oh, okay. They can always go to my, my website, www.us-tax.org, O-R-G. And I've got a whole menu of blog posting categories up at the top menu bar, and they can just look at what categories they might be interested in, expatriation, foreign assets, etc. And um, yeah, find everything they, they might be interested in reading. Great stuff. Well, thanks very much. And until next time. All right, John, you have a great day.